Hey everybody, welcome to episode 7 of Stick to Sports. I am Sean Tantilli from Sporting News. I'm Ryan Lambert from Yahoo Sports. And this is, uh, what is this? It's our weekly conversation about Game of Thrones and dinosaurs, right? That's that's what the show is now. I mean, yes and no, because you don't know anything about either of those two things. I disagree. I don't know much about Game of Thrones, but I am, I am, uh, I'm a dinosaur expert. Mm. Well, I mean, there was that thing at uh, Shea Stadium this week where they had Dinosaur Education Day for like an afternoon Tuesday Mets game. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. People need to go and learn about brontosauruses and, and, and whatnot. Well, I mean, you know. Yeah, no, that's good. They, 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 need, they, need, to go to, they need to go to Shea Stadium to learn about brontosauruses. Oh, jeez. So here's the thing with brontosauruses. Just real quick, and then we'll start talking about what we intended to <laughs> nope, talk about. Nope, 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 nope. Uh, let's see. We're we're two games into the Stanley Cup final. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. Game three is game three is Saturday. In, Saturday, in San, yes. Yeah, in San Jose. Rye, what did what do you think of the first two games, buddy? Well, okay. So everybody's acting like San Jose is just finished, right? Like it's it's been a weird tone I feel like that came out of after they lost game 2 that everybody's just like, you know, the penguins are just too much for them to handle and all this kind of stuff and me, I don't buy it. Yeah, I agree with you. I I mean first off, they've San Jose's been beaten more, you know, as far as possessions concerned than I anticipated them being. Sure. Uh but I don't they're they're a better team than they showed in these first two games and they still there's two ways to look at it. You can say you can say, you know, Pittsburgh needed overtime to win two games despite sort of dominating their end of play. Or you can say that the Sharks couldn't really couldn't conceivably play worse and, and still only still only lost by two goals on aggregate. Yeah, it, it's two one goal games, one of which is settled with like what, four minutes to go in regulation and the other is in overtime. Mm-hmm. And you know the sharks. The sharks' problem is they're not getting to the front of the net enough. Um, right. and, but also, you know, they don't have the puck enough, and they're not drawing enough penalties. I think they've only had like three power plays in two games, which is and that's and that's that's not going to change. Like they're like that that game that game, especially game two. The amount of the amount of interference that happened on both sides was yeah. just was just astounding. Like they're just they're just not going to call it tight and that's fine. That's that's the way that's the way it works. But if you're the Sharks, man, you that's you suffer much more for that than 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 Pittsburgh does. Oh yeah, I mean, I looked it up and they were drawing like three penalties per or getting three power plays per 60 minutes of hockey in the playoffs. Uh and, you know, in this series it's one and a half, a little less because one game went to overtime. So yeah, I mean, if they're going to live and die by their power play, which they did in the first three rounds of the postseason, then they're going to be in a lot of trouble if they're not yeah. getting power plays. Um, but also, like like I said, you know, people are now talking about, oh, Sidney Crosby cheats at face-offs and whatever. And it's like, we're only saying that because they scored on one face-off play. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the yeah. only reason this is now a storyline. They scored an overtime goal on one play that, you know... No. They had it's, other it, power play or uh, face-off wins in the attacking zone in overtime well, on right. both it, sides. It, it's a story. It's a story because Logan Couture was pissed off about it, and and un, right, rightfully so, understandably, his team had just lost a game in the Stanley Cup final. But but Logan Couture made that a thing, and he should have. It's smart. I don't blame him for it. In terms yeah, because of now, yeah, but because now, because now you are guaranteed to see Sidney Crosby tossed out of the face-off circle at some point. Yeah, in Game Three. Yeah, and. But, you know, it just goes back to the idea that uh, everybody cheats on everything Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody dives. Everybody does all the bad things that you're complaining about. If you're a player or a fan or a coach or whatever, your team does it too all the Mm -hmm. time. Logan Couture cheats on face-offs. Uh, Joe Thornton cheats on faceoffs. Like, uh, do, do you remember? List. Do you remember when, when a couple years ago, when when Couture played a puck with his stick from the bench? Yep. Like, yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't fault him for it. Do it. It's all, it's all in the game, dude. But <laughs> yeah, it just, I mean, and 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 I also don't expect him to have any, any, uh, 
you know, any self-awareness either because he's pissed off and it's, and it's, it's right after a hockey game and it's not, you know, it's not necessarily a time for rationality or, or self-reflection. Right. But yeah, but, but everyone does it and they should, people should cheat. I'm in favor of people cheating, you um, know, as, as long as in sports and stuff like that, absolutely cheat, do whatever you can get away with. Because as far as I'm concerned, being able to get away with, with stuff that's illegal is as much of a skill as anything else. Right. And, and that's the thing too, is Sidney Crosby, like if everybody's cheating, right? The idea that Sidney Crosby is cheating more is crazy. He's just better at cheating because he's better at everything. If if you're if you're trying to time a face off and and you time it so well that the that the official can't can't uh, differentiate, is that not what about that is is not a, is not one hundred percent skill based? I, I I would like to know the explanation. Right, and, and because like, like his his hand eye coordination is just better. That's yeah, just the way that, that it goes. That's it. Because that's the thing is you watch these games and. It's very rare in NHL games that guys get kicked out of face-offs. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, it just doesn't happen. And it it could happen on every face-off just like that you could call a hold in every snap in the NFL. Like, there's always going to be a hold, when, but when it crosses a line, like an imaginary line to be fair, but when it crosses a line, like that's when officials are like, okay, we can't let this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it's... It's just like playing on the edge with anything, right? Illegal hits, whatever. As long as you're right up on that edge, that's fine. Right. Um, and you certainly, like, I watch a lot of college hockey, too. I go to 50-plus games a year. Is that, is that true? I, d- I didn't know that about you. You yeah. like college hockey. I, I, but I like it the most. I like it more than I like the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the thing is, like, in college hockey, guys get kicked out of the face-offs, Right, forty-five, fifty percent of the time, like yeah. it's insane how often one guy or both get kicked out, and I got to tell you, it's insufferable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's so stupid because mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, everybody cheats over the course of a season. It probably balances itself out, you know. Yeah. So like on any given face-off, yeah, the guy on BC might cheat a little bit, but for the love of God, like let's just move the game along here. Right. Just do whatever. Because then, let them, let once them the cheat. Because then, once the guy gets kicked out, the next guy that comes in is worse. Is worse because he's not yeah. he, like they're not going to give a minor for a faceoff violation there. Right. Right. So, like, it doesn't. Uh, the thing that one of the things I've always liked about about college hockey, and you see, it's less so in the NHL because again, like they just don't kick guys out as much. Is when you send in a wing to draw to try to draw a center into cheating so that mm-hmm. he gets kicked out and then you can put your center in. Yeah. That's, Maybe I mean I, I know awesome I know Joel like like what Joel Ward takes a lot of faceoffs too. He, he was he was in there against Crosby but yeah, I don't I mean I don't know. Like I said I I think it's tough it's tough to get mad about any sort of cheating. I don't, maybe that's because maybe that's because I'm just a cheater in general. But, <laughs> right. but it, but if you if you can do so, I, no, I, in in situations like that, like if you can do something and get away with it, you know, in full view of everybody, like yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing is integrity is so overrated. It's, Ryan. Inc- it's incredibly <laughs> in sports, absolutely. <laughs> in sports, like, I, right? And and to be like, this is not not that not that. Like whatever, it's us just joking around on a podcast. But like, that's that's not a way I live my day to day life. I, I'm not I'm not out I'm not out cheating and trying to screw you know people over at, at, at any you know in, in all opportunities. But in sports, man, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's like Jesse Ventura always said: like, win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. Always because cheat. If you're not yeah. cheating, you're not trying. That's what they say. Absolutely. Uh, and you know you you see it like. Um, this guy on the the Cleveland Indians just got a, suspended 162 games for taking PEDs because yeah. he sucks, right? right? And so his, well, his and also, but wait, hold on, a, a quick aside about that. Mar, yeah. it's, it's Marlon Bird. It's it's his second PED suspension. Well, he right, got, that's why it's 162, mm-hmm. not 50 he got suspended. He got suspended 50 games the first time uh, because, and this is, 
I've always said this about him, about Marlon Byrd. This is the most, if, if it was a lie, it was the most brilliant lie possible. He said that he was suspended 50 games for, uh, for the active, in, because the active ingredient uh, that triggered the positive test came from a medication that he took for, for gynomastia, which is, you know, male, male breast growth, basically. He, had, he, had, he said he had a, he had a, uh, he had a condition and, that, and, and he took medication for it and it, triggered a, and it triggered a positive test. And that to me is just like, like if it's true, then that sucks for him. But if, if it's false, like that is the most brilliant lie possible yeah. because, because you're making your, you're embarrassing yourself so deeply that, 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 uh, that, that it's like the only really effective way to cover up steroid use. So yeah, yeah. now it's like, now, it's now, like now, if you're taking a test in like eighth grade and you tell your teacher, you can't take the test because you peed your pants. Right. No, <laughs> I know. I did this. I did this in, I did this in college once. I, I, I missed, I missed a deadline on a, uh. On a on a on a story for for an actual journalism class, and I told I told the instructor that I was up all night because I had diarrhea. Like I just that was that was just flat out what I told her. I was like I was like I I have I had I had diarrhea and I was late. I was late by like you know, fifteen minutes. But you know I it was one of those weird journalism things where it was like you fail if 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 you miss it by thirty seconds. Yeah, and I was I was just flat out like yeah I was I was stuck on the toilet and uh, and I and I was late for class and it was just because I you know. I didn't do it in time, but Did it but, work? It, but but it yeah of course it worked. Right. If you if you make a lie embarrassing enough, you know where <laughs> if you have that if you have that little that little self uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for here like like you're just you're just not self conscious about yeah, no about, shame about it yeah no shame no no self consciousness you can say to a college instructor like yeah sorry I was, I was 15 minutes late because I had diarrhea like you will get out of it. Oh man, I you know what? I wish I had thought of that when I had like deadlines and things to to worry about. Right. Now I mean, whatever. I I I write a hockey column from my house like it's not a right. No, not and a now deal, but. And, and now the University of Maryland can revoke my journalism degree because it was it it, it was like some 200 level class too. It wasn't like it wasn't like a serious thing. Yeah, yeah. all mine all mine were like really weak excuses. I feel yeah. like, and no, but I, I used it. I used it other times too. I've, I've used it. I've used it. You know, I used it multiple times throughout throughout school because Diarrhea? they were, Oh yeah, totally. Wow. Yeah, because well, because you they found were, something that works. I think is because be, because it would be like like I would miss these deadlines for these classes by like five minutes or ten minutes, and they were just ballbusters about it, about it. So what do you say? Like, yeah, sorry, I was I was on the toilet. And it, and it was it was just because I started working too late and and literally wasn't done until until you know whatever thirty seconds beforehand and then and then had to run over to class. So you're like, yeah, diarrhea. Sorry. I'm not. You like, see, like my thing was always I I can write things incredibly quickly. So mm-hmm. like even if you gave me like two hours to in high school to bang out a five page term paper, I could do it without having read anything. Yeah. Um, just be, like. So, yeah, I mean, that, that was never the issue for me. The, the issue for me more often was I was too lazy to do anything. No, that's, 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 that's totally what it was. It, it, was not, it was not an issue of me, of me like writing slowly. It was an issue of me being irresponsible and not, and not starting something until the absolute like, last possible second. Oh, like it, what, what I'm saying is I would go past the last possible second. Right. I mean, clearly, right, because I would blow stuff by, you know, five minutes or, or, or ten minutes or, or whatever. I, I was just a little – I was calibrated incorrectly, like, just by a little bit. Yeah. So, so, so the end result is that, is that you know, half of the, half of the faculty, I, I, I think, thought I had, like, irritable bowel syndrome or, or something. That's fantastic. Yep, but again, you know, anything to get an edge on the competition. Yeah. So, so like, so basically, what I'm saying is like, I'm I'm putting, I'm putting my money where where, where my mouth is here, in, in terms of in terms of like that, that's the same sort of sentiment. Like whatever, if it takes, if it uh, if it if if you're gonna cheat, if you're gonna lie, like whatever, whatever, man. There's a certain level in in a in a certain in a certain set of circumstances where it's you know, not just acceptable but encouraged. Yeah. I mean that's diarrhea, man. Oh man. Mainly, mainly, mainly NHL that's, playoff games and and, and that's lies, about, lies about lies about classes. Yeah. 
You actually have to say diarrhea. That's that's what's. Really oh yeah, of course. I mean, obviously that that's not going to be a. Uh... Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't like. Don't use euphemisms. Don't be like. Oh, I was. I was. Be as I was, graphic as possible. I, I, I was sick. I was sick. I like. I I had the stomach flu. No. No. Say I was late because I had diarrhea. I remember in third grade. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, I, I I was always faking that like I was sick to get sent home early from school because my mom made me go every day like no matter how sick I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always like, you know, eleven thirty rolls around and I'm just like, oh, I don't feel good. <laughs> and one time, like my mom was somewhere where she couldn't come pick me up, and the vice principal had to drive me home. Oh my god, it backfired. It totally backfired. So, like, I let myself in with, like, you know, the hidden key. Mm-hmm. And when my mom got home, she found me playing Legend of Zelda. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I got extremely yelled at. Ah, oh, poor little Rye. You should yeah. just said I had diarrhea. It's, it's, it's a get-out-of-jail-free card. But that's card. the thing. Once I got home, like, all the, all the pretending would go out the window. Because I would just go in my room, and my mom, you know... <laughs> Didn't know what I was doing, basically. No, no, no. You gotta, you, you gotta keep selling the yeah, line. You gotta live you gotta the gimmick. Keep... That's for sure. Yeah, live the gimmick, man. Just go, go lock, lock the bathroom door and whatever. Yeah, like it would be the equivalent. Just sit of, there for a while. It would be the equivalent of Logan Couture calls out Sidney Crosby, and then in Game Three, Sidney Crosby doesn't cheat on a faceoff once. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? You caught me. Yeah. And so now I'm only gonna play by the I'm rules. Playing, I'm playing. I'm playing fair and square. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it, game three is really going to be interesting. I'm 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 excited to see what happens there because, um, the sharks I don't know, have the, change, and I think that's yeah, a and that's that's going to be gigantic. Like I like I I feel like that's been the biggest issue for them, for them so far is like they're because because they don't have four lines and because you know yes their their top their top two pairs are fantastic, but Brendan Dillon and Roman Polak are just a disaster. Yeah, and and Sullivan's so there's done major a good job of like getting the Kessel line, which is all speed, out there against those two guys who can't skate at all. Right, absolutely. There's 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 matchup issues I think for the Sharks that maybe not everybody didn't quite anticipate at the start of the series. So going going home and being able to being able to dictate some of that is is really going to be interesting. And I'm not like a huge matchup guy either. I, it's not something that I personally, you know, I'm not going to obsess over it generally, but I, I, I think in this case, it's actually it's actually pretty interesting. Yeah, and and that's that's the thing is I, I'm the same way where I think that kind of stuff gets overrated. But when you have clear disparities between like, you know, Phil, Phil Kessel and Carl Hagelin are two of the faster player skaters in the NHL, and Roman Polak, you know, it takes him five minutes to go from one end of the rink to the other. Like, sure. That's an obvious matchup problem that like needs to be addressed. But you know, it like you know, Sidney Crosby creates a matchup problem for literally anybody. If Kenny Malkin, same deal. So, like, you're not going to get away from those two guys. No, you're... but but what but what's important is the is the dictate who gets put out there against like the Chris Tierney line, which Correct. which got its which got its head caved in until until he until DeBoer dropped Marlowe down. To it right. during the th- during the third period, like to me, that's what's really important. Like, yes, the Crosby and Malkin lines are, are going to do well against basically whoever you throw them out there against. But like, but when when you're when you're you know San Jose, which really is more of a two line team, I think than than people you know anticipated. You know, d- dictating who goes out there against against Tierney and, and that group is super duper important, and and they and they get to do that now, and it's and it's actually worth watching, right, and. You know, it, it, it's a similar thing with uh, with even the NBA Finals, right? Where there's just so many matchup problems for Cleveland that got exposed immediately in Game One, like that it didn't even matter. That's like Steph Curry barely played in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, of an I mean, NBA Curry, Finals game, like that's yeah, Curry and Thompson combined for twenty points. It, at one point, at one point, there were I think eight Warriors in double figures, and neither of them were were Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. And then, and Thompson obviously ended up finishing with eleven. But yeah, it was that was that was an ass kicking, and it was delivered by everybody except the two most obvious guys. Right, 
And and that was in part a function of you know the the bench for the for the Warriors just mm-hmm. <laughs> like I think they missed two shots in the first half like it was insane. So that happens, right? Uh, and then you and then you then it's you know it comes down to the fourth quarter and Sean Livingston took over, you know, and he's st- <laughs> the dude's still six nine or whatever whatever yeah. he is. You see, still an enormous an enormous point guard, and, and he was and he was you know. He, uh, the, you know, the Cavs didn't have an answer for him, and that's just that's the way it goes, and it, it happens, you know. But my God, I, I, to have a total, you know, every it seemed like every lineup they they, they threw out there down the stretch was just uh, was you know Cleveland didn't have much of an answer for. Yeah, and I mean, you know, speaking speaking of cheating, like one of one of my favorite things that happened last night was the Delavadova nut mm-hmm. shot on Iguodala, mm-hmm. like. And he, you know, they took forty-five minutes to look at it. Oh God, that was that was unbelievable, In, excruciating. Um, but I, like, yeah. that's that's what Matthew Delavadova does. Like, he's right. just gar- like a garbage person who's not very good at basketball, but he does I mean, that kind of he's, thing. And- he's got, he's got a role, but yeah, that's part of it. Like, like he's out there, he's out there to annoy people, and also, also Iguodala was doing his first off. It would Andre Iguodala is a fantastic defensive player, and he. And he he shut down Kevin Durant as as much as as much as anybody can in that last round, and and he's doing it again with with LeBron James. But like he was he he Andre Iguodala is is well schooled in the art of annoying basketball. So oh, yeah. you know, like whatever. But yeah, I mean Delavadova, I I think you know he probably he probably knew what he was doing to an extent. But my God, that I feel like every week we end up talking about instant replay in, in one way or another. But like there. There is just like nothing to glean from from that. There was no reason for it to take that long. None. Yeah, like, like, and, like, like, is it? You're basically you're, you're trying to. It's a total judgment call to figure out like like whether whether you just give Delavadova a, a normal foul or a flagrant for for maybe not accidentally catching him in the balls. Right. And it took it took it took eight minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. Meanwhile, the announce crew is like, I literally have no idea what's going on right now. Like, they didn't know who was making the call. Oh, it was great. It was great. Mark Mark Jackson. Mark baffled. Jackson was like, Mark, Mark Jackson really, really wanted Iguodala to get hit with a to get hit with a technical yeah, for, for for for, start, for starting shit with Delavadova after it. And obviously, because Mark Jackson, you know, he hates the Golden State Warriors because they fired him. And then, Which they and then, have because he's right. a bad coach. <laughs> and then, and then, like Van Gundy was just kind of silent throughout the entire time, uh, you know, with uh, with 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 Mark Jackson just just railing on on how Iguodala should should have gotten a T. And then, and then Van Gundy was just like, "What what are they doing? Why are they still Why are they still talking about this? Who cares? It's not that big of a deal." Yeah, <laughs> it re- it really wasn't a big deal at all. But th- the best part of that though was um. You know, there, there. I can't remember who it was, but there, some dumbass radio host who's, who's basically like everything white players do are good. Coincidentally, mm-hmm. uh, he he so he told someone like he thought that was a you know just a hustle play by Della Vadova, and then you know he said he said Jeremy Green is basically like a thug who should be run out of the league. Oh God, and, yeah, it's like you can't. That stuff happens, man. Like like di- kind of borderline dirty plays. Whether it's Draymond Green, you know, kicking Steven Adams balls up into his body, or <laughs> I'm going to say this, that wasn't borderline dirty. <laughs> I still think I still think it's easy to argue that 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 he didn't do it on purpose. I really do. I don't and, agree at all. <laughs> and and same same goes for Delavadova. Like like you know you're 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 trying to annoy him. You're trying to catch him from behind. Like that that stuff happens. That that happens in basketball. I'm comfortable saying that too because I'm more. I'm, I, I see. I'm very. I'm very comfortable saying that as as like that's totally something that that I've done, and therefore I assume that it's something Matthew Delavadova would do. Where where where, where, you're, where you're trying to you're trying to tap someone from from behind and just foul them. You know, garden variety foul. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll Go say this. I think caps. less of Delavadova than I do of Green. But <laughs> yes, yes, of course, as you should. But I think that also, like, there's a lot more room for interpretation on on the game one nut shot versus like <laughs> him straight up kicking Steven. No, no, no. <laughs> nut shots are like it's like it's like a Rorschach test, man. How you 
how how you how you view them really there's there's no there's no right or wrong way all it does is just say something about about the kind of person that you are sure yeah i guess man <laughs> i remember i got i got hit when i was like playing like backyard baseball kind of mm-hmm. thing as a kid i got hit so hard <laughs> <laughs> right and i was 100% convinced that the kid, and it was with a tennis ball. It wasn't yeah, like it was a right. baseball. Uh, yeah, he split one of your balls. Yeah, basically. Like, I was totally convinced that he did it on purpose. And, like, yeah. we ended up pretty much getting into a fight, like a, a physical fight about it. <laughs> but looking back on it now, this was like, you know, some mediocre athlete for an 11 year old in a small town. Oh, yeah, right. Like, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's always it's always dangerous it, like you're you're always emotions are always going to run high when you're talking about nutshots oh yeah 100%. okay so here's here's a, here, here's a here's a quick story this is to date one of my best friends uh i was in his wedding last year so we we are very very close we we, we got over all of this but this is during high school mm-hmm. and uh and they gave us for for this like some some sort of um some sort of giveaway thing. They gave us these really, really long Twizzlers ropes. Like they were, it's probably like like two feet long, like a like a like a lick like a licorice rope. And uh, we were screwing around outside outside the gym, uh, but beforehand. And I went and I went to hit Ben, my friend, like on the ass with the with with the licorice rope. And he turned at like the last oh, second. Oh boy! Oh no! And I and I and I just I whipped him right in his balls, yeah, like sure like, I, like basically like bull whipped him, right, like 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 right in his balls, and he fell to the ground and was like, "You need to get away from me right now!" Like I don't want to look at you, you know, whatever. Was like gagging and and in pain, and then literally <laughs> the next day, I was this is I was sixteen or so. I was walking to the bus stop because I because I, I took like a pat bus, you know, like a public bus home from from my high school, and Ben was driving home. And there was a puddle on the side, and he turned and, and hit the puddle and completely. It was like a cartoon. Like he completely <laughs> soaked me. I was soaked from head to toe, and I and I, I had to go home like that. You know, so I, but I, I deserved it. That's what happens. Emotions run high whenever whenever I you're talking know. about. I'm gonna say I don't know that you deserved it. I did. I, I did. It, it was not. It was. It was not cool. It was not cool. And like I said, Ben's Ben remains one of my best friends. But that was that was not a great couple of days. And. That's just the way it goes when when nutshots are involved. Yeah, I uh, I was playing in college. I was playing tennis. Uh, it was my girlfriend at the time and her parents <laughs> against us. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, so, uh, she went to like play a serve that they had sent to us, and it hit like it like glanced off a racket and i'm gonna i'm gonna estimate a billion miles an hour right (laughs) (laughs) and boy you want like it's not fun uh it's not fun when that happens in general when it happens in front of your girlfriend's parents oh man i was really hoping you you're gonna say that you hit her dad oh no yeah, no. That would that would have been great. Yeah. So the the best part was her mom's like, "Is he okay?" And her dad's just like very gravely, he's like, "No, he isn't." <laughs> yeah. He's he's probably got a little bit of a stomach ache right now. Just, just <laughs> he's going to need to lie down on the tennis yeah. court. Which, just, by the way, that's exactly ass. what happened. Oh yeah, no, just immediate, immediate, go, like go down fetal position. Oh yeah, I I threw Breast. my racket. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember. And, and I hadn't you, thought about that in a very you start, long time. And you started to cry. Yeah. I don't. I, I'm pretty sure I didn't cry, but I would have been very much within my rights had I done so. I don't think anybody would have would have knocked you for it. No, it was a rough one. How do you transition out of another out of another discussion of of nut shots? By the way, like I, I don't do, know. How do we How do we spin out of this? I, I don't. I don't think either of us are professional enough to do that. No, there's no way to do it. Um, <laughs> You were telling me you saw a thing about Phil Hartman. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's it. That's all I have. No, that's right. I'm Troy McClure. You may you may know me from such films as Brutal Nutshots and the responses to them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
No, I that I, was even worse than mine somehow. I I'm 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 an amateur, Ryan. <laughs> I understand. By the way, I just want to apologize to the listeners. Uh, if you can hear all the hammering and sawing that's going on in the background here, that is my neighborhood. Uh, three houses are being worked on, like, on my block right now, mm-hmm. and it has driven me crazy, and they're back at it right now. So I apologize to all of you. And say that they can't, that they can't hear it, because I, I can't hear it. Good. Well, then I retract my apology. And if you don't like it, tough nuts. Like, remember from earlier, nuts. That was what I was kind of going for, but mm, didn't uh, didn't work I out. I don't get it. Um, no, I I think you know we're trying to we're trying to close I guess each week on some sort of some sort of recommendation you know outside outside the sports realm, and uh, I think the coolest thing I heard this past week was was a YouTube video that that made the rounds. You know, I saw it I saw it posted somewhere. But it was a video of Phil Hartman doing, um, you know, recording a guy's outgoing voicemail messages. Obviously, in like 1992 or 93 or so. And I just thought it, I just thought it was the coolest thing. I, he was uh, he was he was such a funny dude, and I was so so jealous of of this guy for having that. Like I like I would I would pay a lot of money right now to have a personalized voicemail message from uh, from 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 Phil Hartman. So yeah, I, I would I would seek that out and try to listen to it because it's really cool. It's like Three minutes worth of him screwing around, and then he then he kind of closes it on a really, on a really cool poignant, you know, cool poignant thing. So yeah, I was I was very jealous, and uh, it just it just got me thinking about you know how, you know, sort of ideal sort of celebrity encounters, and I can't think of anything better than that. Honestly, like having having Phil having Phil Hartman do something like that because I'm a huge huge fan. Yeah, there's there's very few I think where, like, you know you 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 meet a, a celebrity and somehow become their best friend or whatever. Like that, right. that's, that's the only thing that I think would, would top that. Honestly, um, there are, I, I have a few, uh, celebrity encounters in the past and right. most of them are not great. Like, right. Like the, the standard basically is this guy didn't treat me like human garbage. And so he seems very nice. But you know it's yeah. I mean? It's also like it's also you know. There's a fine line too, because nobody should ever ask. Like, I'm 30 years old. Like, I'm never going to ask anybody for an autograph. Oh God, and, no! I'd like, be like, mortified. Like, like, I, I I I had problems doing it when I was eight. Let let alone now. But even beyond that, like like taking taking a picture with somebody or anything like that, like it would have to be major major extenuating circumstances for me to feel comfortable with with that with that to like run into somebody and be like hey it's you know George Clooney let's let's get a picture together I don't know I I, I would have a major problem with that so there's like a fine line really between between wanting to have like an enjoyable interaction with somebody and, ma- and maybe doing something that makes it memorable in one way or another and then just looking like a complete complete uncool jackass and and I think and I think that the sort of the sort of Outgoing voicemail message uh, tactic is is like right in the sweet spot there. Yeah, a few years ago uh, at my at my college, um, Billy Joel was there, like, <laughs> but not but not as like a concert. He was just like doing a Q and A kind of thing. Mm. And one of the questions was like, some girl stood up and she's like, "There's a piano in like in this in the backstage of this building. Like, I work in this building. I know there is one." If I wheel it out, will you sing Piano Man with me? And Billy Joel was like, yeah, all right. And so that's exactly yeah. what happened. And no, like, that's, that's mind-blowing to me. Like, I'm not even a big Billy Joel fan necessarily, mm-hmm. but, like, the idea of, oh, Billy Joel and me sang Piano Man together is insane. Right. That's, and that's cool. And that's worth, that's worth like, potentially embarrassing yourself over, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I would say. Like, like I, would, I, would, I would definitely... I would definitely, you know, I, I I don't know I don't know if I would have the balls to do that honestly, but but I I can completely understand and and I would sign off on that girl doing that because the risk is totally worth it. Yeah. But like but like seeing someone on the street and and, and asking them to take a photo with you like uh, everyone should be past that honestly. Right. And I'll I'll give you a, a similar example from from my own personal life. Um, a, a girl I was dating. Uh, 
like moderated a Q&A with Jason Siegel. Oh, yeah, right. Did yeah, I tell, you told you, the story. I, it's great. Yeah. Uh, and so she, uh, like, I got to go and everything, and it, and there was, you know, the big line of questions, and it's all people like, you know, what was it like working on how to, how to, how I met your mother and all that kind of stuff. But one girl was like, what, like he had mentioned he loves musicals and one girl was like, oh, uh, you know, what's your favorite musical? And he said, Les Mis. And she said, mine too. And he said, what's your favorite song? Or one, somebody said it. And it ended up with them singing, uh, that encounter between Javert and oh Jean my God. Jean, that's, like that's back and forth. Yeah, it's awesome, and they knew every word. It was great, and it was uh, super, super cool. That's, um, that's great. And then, and, and, yeah, and now, and now, you and I are going to do that right now. If only I knew. If only I knew. Any of the words. At last, we see each other. Okay, wait, no, sorry. You, you don't have a bad voice, my friend. That wasn't terrible. Uh, I have a, I have a, I have a voice made for for musical theater, obviously. Yeah, on podcast. We anyway. see each other plain. Wow, you know all the words to what is it called? The confrontation or whatever? Yeah. Wow. See, I saw the movie once. That's that's the beginning and end of my lame is familiarity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sasha Baron Cohen's in it. I don't know if you remember I'm that a little, part. I'm, I'm a little more familiar with it than you are, I guess. It's no big deal. That's no fine. Big deal. I uh when I was a kid I had to um my 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 mom's best friend. Like, somehow, here's another perfect celebrity example, I guess. (laughs) Somehow, like, befriended Donny Osmond. (laughs) Right? That was a a big deal for your mom, I would imagine. Yeah, like, her her friend um, loved, like, Donny Osmond, Donny and Marie, all that stuff were, like, her favorite thing growing up. And so, through some kind of a weird connection that I don't remember what it is, like... She befriended Donny Osmond to the extent that we got to go see Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat in Boston with him as That's Joseph. Uh, and so b- what I'm saying is I know all the words to Dreamcoat. Yeah. <laughs> Every single should. one of them. Um, but apparently Donny Osmond, another terribly nice man, uh, that my mom's friend unfortunately uh, passed away a few years ago. And Donny uh. Osmond, like, sent flowers. Like, uh, nice, very nice man. Sad turn. Nice man, though. Yeah, the Mormons. They're 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 they tend to be pretty good people, unless they're Mitt Romney, in which case, unless they're Mitt, not unless they're Mitt so Romney. Much. No, in which they're they're openly contemptuous of 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 the, of the poor. Which hey, when when you're rich, I guess like that's a luxury you can afford. <laughs> they deserve it. You earned it, Mitt. <laughs> oh boy, um, Mitt Romney story, real quick. That a guy, not my story. Um, a guy actually told me this at a at a Memorial Day barbecue over over last weekend. Um, when he was kid, a kid, and Mitt Romney was like running for office, and I can't I can't speak to how true this story is, but Mitt Romney was running for for office in Massachusetts before he was governor, um, and he was at like an amusement park handing out bumper stickers for himself. <laughs> Like him and him and an oh. assistant and whatever. Super, super duper. Yeah. Terrific. So, uh, and this is like not even a nice amusement park. This is for anybody right. from the greater Boston area who is roughly my age. This is Whalem Park, which was like a shithole, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these these two dumbass kids basically do the, uh, the Jimbo Jones, like, yeah, yeah. I love Grimby. <laughs> And they get bumper stickers, and their their big idea is they're gonna put their bump the bumper stickers on their own asses and then go <laughs> shake their asses at Mitt Romney. <laughs> and so they do that, and uh, and like they're like, oh, how do you like this, Mitt? And he like swore at them. And did they, he really? Yeah, apparently. And they were so excited. Put uh, your asses away. Yeah, basically. What do you kids think you're doing with your asses like that and that kind of put, thing? Put out your, your put, put your damn asses away. <laughs> so yeah, that I was, would love I would love to see Mitt, Mitt Romney at like at like a shitty amusement park, 
Like just, oh, just I know. The, That's total, dream. the total like revulsion that that he would have. You know, he went home and took a two-hour shower at that. Like after that, like that was that was a tough day for him. Like imagine, imagine Mitt Romney like looking at a funnel cake that was made that, that was made by some some townie like in in a in a booth at a, at a, at a amusement quizzical park. look on his face. He doesn't understand anything that's going on. What what have you got here? A funnel cake pie. Oh. Why, I would take some funneled dough. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And then he, then he takes oh, one bite. And, mm, and he, that's American! Ha-ha! <laughs> terrific. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I think we, we have time for a couple of listener questions if you're up for it. We received some. Yeah. Um, the first question is, how great was Dinosaur Education Day at City Field? <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good. There were... There were, uh, I mean, I, I, I saw the, I, I read the recap of it. It was just good to, to see so many people learn about, about really great species like the brontosaurus, you know? Like, there's just not enough information about there. People, people so, don't know enough about the brontosaurus. Joke's on you. Some scientists now recategorize the brontosaurus as its own species. I don't buy it, personally. I think that's BS, but your, your troll of dinosaur knowledge may or may not be accurate. Mm. Yeah. So, who can, who can say there there's no way to know really anything about dinosaurs. You know, because like like those bones like we don't know that they're real. That's true. Right? So like maybe it, maybe they're all fake. I don't know. I don't know. The second question, do you and I'm going in order here. <laughs> do you recognize that you are among living dinosaurs right now? Um, yes. Good. Okay, birds are dinosaurs. That's established. No. Uh, oh, I missed one. No, 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 no. I... That's, that's not true. That's not true. Elephants are dinosaurs. <laughs> They're not dinosaurs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, a question I, I actually... Wait, I actually... No, wait, no, wait, wait. Well, well. Elephants, elephants have tusks. Yes. Woolly mammoths have tusks. Yes. And woolly mammoths are dinosaurs. <laughs> so... They're not dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. They're just old. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, actually, I missed a question. Now that I say that, sorry, everybody. Uh, can we can we do a Weezer album power ranking? Oh yeah. Yes, we can. I could, um, I could do it right now, probably. Yeah, sure. Hold on. I don't know any after the first three, <laughs> so I'm gonna have to pull up a. Uh, a Wikipedia this is, page. This is great. This is great podcasting here. Yep. Um, um, I can go definitively. I can go uh, Pinkerton, Blue Album, Green Album as my first three, and then mm-hmm. I don't care what the rest of them are. Uh, I'm going Pinkerton, Blue Album, Maladroit, Green Album, Everything Will Be All Right in the End, White Album, Make Believe, Red Album. Hurley Ratitude, and that is that is all. You know what? I'll take your word for Simple. it on everything after the Green Album. Uh, that all sounds great to me. Maladroit's better than the Green Album. It isn't, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really have any further thoughts on on Weezer's <laughs> discography. No, um, this is this is this is a Weezer this is a Weezer fan podcast. That's what the show is. It's mainly about Weezer and dinosaurs. Well, here's the thing. I also have thoughts on, like, the Summer Songs 2000, like, mm-hmm. mixtape that came out. I would put that ahead of the Green Album. And, so would I. That's not a proper studio album. I, I, I agree I, with I, you. I would put that ahead of, of Maladroit. Yeah, of course you would, because it's better than the Green but, Album. But, right, because Maladroit's better than the Green Album. Well, but, it is. But summer, but summer Songs is better than Maladroit. Yes, it is. In the Green Album. Okay, glad, glad we agree there. Great, perfect. So... There's the answer to that question. Um, let's see here. Is there a hockey player you think is good despite their underlying numbers saying something different? This is an actual sports question. Mm. That I, you know what? I don't like getting sports questions on this podcast. No. I'm good. No, no In the I future, don't. Let's not. 
I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to think of it though. I mean, I'm, there's there's got to be. That's that's something we should actually think about. Like, I, I mean, okay. It, it, it depends. It depends on 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 what you're saying here. Like, are, are, is it just some guy who has who has you know, who, who struggle? You know, who's a bad possession player and. Uh, I I think it's easier to find in basketball, honestly. Oh, of course it like, is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's I, easier. It's easier to find good players with like crappy, you know, crappy, uh, crappy PERs or, or or whatever. Right. Um, what what I would say is like Shea Weber is kind of like the perfect example mm-hmm. of this, where his underlying numbers are underwhelming at best. And some, like he even actually serves as a drag on his team in a lot of ways. Right. Um, and, you know, but you watch him and like the eye test, quote unquote, says Shea Weber's actually, I, I think he's probably, I think it's probably a thing where he's not as good as, like, like he shouldn't be making Team Canada, for example. Right. But he's certainly not like a 48% possession guy. For, no. or, well, I mean, he is. That's exactly what he is. But, like, what he does besides that, like, on the power play and things like that, makes him valuable enough that Absolutely. he's, like, he's probably not worth his contract, but he's clearly, like, a, a, a high-ish end defenseman in the next. Yeah, I mean, Weber's, Weber's, the, Weber's the best example. I yeah. don't know if you can say that his, that his underlying numbers are bad, necessarily. They're not good. They're, they're they're not they're not they're not good yeah like so, I said they're they're lower than his team puts up when he's off the ice and mm-hmm. you can say that's because he he plays the toughest competition like in the league on a pretty regular basis but at the same time like that kind of thing doesn't actually uh, matter as much as people think it does so but it, but he is he's a he's a good example of that because because of what he does in the power play I I, I think the the guys you're gonna find there are guys who are better who are better on special teams and and that's because that's still not kind of adequately accounted for in terms of uh, in terms of just you know five on five, obviously obviously yeah but like that's the thing is you know we we kind of view it as five on five is like the best we're going to get in terms of a vacuum mm-hmm. in which to view players. Mm-hmm. But it does discount guys that are good penalty killers, like, right. or good on the power play more or less exclusively. Um, what, one thing that that's interesting about that is like Casey Sezekis, right? Who mm-hmm. he just got, he's a fourth line penalty killer who just got a contract. He is in no way going to live up to. Mm-hmm. Um, four years, three point three five million dollars. He's not anywhere near that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that having been said, like he does provide value on the penalty kill that doesn't show up in his five on five numbers, obviously, and it doesn't bridge the gap between what he should be paid and what he's actually paid. But like it mm-hmm. starts to at least. Yeah, there's. I mean, I, there's there's a lot of levels of, of nuance there. Like like it's it's tough for me to say that a player with legitimately bad uh, with like bad underlying stats is is a good player. Like I I would struggle I would struggle with yeah. that. But but there's there's shades of gray there. I I, I think uh, that are that are worth discussing. Yeah, and, and you know on the other side of that, and this is actually something I wanted to bring up earlier, like kind of not even apropos of anything. Um, but earlier this week, a, a guy who like the analytics community. Loves to like a ludicrous extent. Uh, Mark Arcabello, mm-hmm. <laughs> whose name is kind of a punchline at this point, like yeah, somewhat unfairly. Um, he, no, it's 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 not wait, it's not on. It's unfair to Mark Arcabello, maybe, but that's it's, what it's I, not that's unfair. What I mean. it's yeah, not it's not unfair to, to like the goobers who are like yeah. this guy should be on could be on any NHL team and like be an effective player. Because here's here's what it is. So for those who aren't familiar with Mark Arcabello and like the arguments in his favor, and lucky you, uh, but basically he's like one of those guys who's like a, a quadruple A baseball player yeah. where he goes up and down between the AHL and the NHL all the time. And when he's in the NHL, he's very he very good at being a fourth liner. Mm-hmm. When he's not in the NHL, he's very, very good at being, like, a second-line AHL guy. He doesn't score a ton of points in, in either league, but, like, he's adequate 
um, for what you use him for. But he signed a contract in the Swiss League for two years uh, earlier this week because, like, there just aren't NHL job opportunities for him. Um, And I said, you know, hopefully this puts to rest the idea that, like, he's not... That he's, like, some secret NHLer who just needs to write... Because he's had four contracts in the last five years, and that's four chances to, like, stick with the team. Right. And, and, and also contracts by with some fairly progressive uh, right. organizations, too. Right. Like, the, the Maple Leafs are, are smarter than everybody. Just, just ask their fans. Like, that's, that's, a, yeah. th- that's an organization populated solely by geniuses. And, and, they, just, and they just decided that Mark Arcabella was not, was not worth having around. Right. So how do, you, how, how do you reconcile that? So, so th- I made that point, and a Maple Leafs fan who's, like, one of these obnoxious uh, analytics guys, who, and most people would obviously probably lump me in with obnoxious analytics guys, but, like, mm-hmm. there are people mm-hmm. above mm-hmm. and beyond me, certainly, um, who, like, even I'm just like, ugh, guys, please. <laughs> um, but... One of these guys says to me, like, oh, you know, this is a classic appeal to authority. And it's like, bro. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. I, I hate that. That drives I, me crazy. Like, because, that's because, like, definitely I get... a thing in hockey that, like, people mm-hmm. appeal to authority. Like, well, if this team drafted if... him so-and-so, he's sure. obviously good. No, um, but if, if, if there's, like, like, general managers make bad decisions. Of course and, they do. And, and, and an appeal to authority is when you're like, well, he's a general manager, so he knows better than me. But but if you have thirty general managers in multiple organizations that make the same goddamn decision year after year after year, that's not an appeal to authority. It isn't. It's not like a rhetorical flaw. Well, it's it, not. It, it, it is. It, it can. It can be. I'll say that. But I think at some point, like if you if you have four contracts in five years, yeah, like, it's not. It, like that, it, you have to like, you have to build that into the data set at some point. Yes. Like, and, and and honestly, like. If I'm running an NHL team, I understand that, like, Mark Arcabello is better than, let's say, half of the fourth liners in the league. But there's a point at which, like, you can get a guy who's, if he, if there are half who are better, who are worse than him, there are also half that are better than him, right? right. And so you can get a guy, Mark Arcabello's most recent contract was for a million dollars in the NHL. Yeah. You can get a Mark Arcabello for six fifty. Absolutely, and, and so and possibly better than a Mark Arcabella for six fifty. Right, exactly, and so the odd, like this is the Maple Leafs playing the odds to some extent. Where if they, where if he was saying, "I want one point two million dollars," to yeah, you to say goodbye. Back, you say, "Have a good one." Like enjoy yeah. Switzerland. I'm sure. Yeah, Burns you're a, is lovely you're a this solid. Time of year. You're a solid enough player, and and you're going to go to Switzerland and have a great time. Yeah, they kicked the tires on him, and mm-hmm. they and they were like, "Yeah, we can get this." elsewhere basically like right. for less money for much I, cheaper and i think that's fine mm-hmm. i think that's perfectly like a reasonable read on that and it, you know the point was made to me like he doesn't really fit in with what the maple leafs were trying to do this year which was either show guys off that like they could trade for mm-hmm. a draft pick or a you know 22 year old who they're trying to get nhl experience like right. he's not he's, either he's of those. neither no, he's not. He's not going to. So net a he wasn't going to get that kind of like love from the organization. And again, I think most NHL teams would do well to hire to sign him. But if the cost is one point two million, that for a fourth liner is prohibitive to me. Yes, and, that, and that's what it boils down to. That's that's so, that's the big issue. It's not. It's there, not how good Mark Arcobello is or or isn't. Like it, it's it turns into a really basic economic decision where where you say like yes this guy might be fine one point two million nope let's go get somebody else right and that Th- doesn't there and, are a and bunch because, of and because like teams this. there are and because teams make those decisions and in it and because you know you make, you like a player or or whatever and who who ends up for whatever reason not in the NHL that doesn't that's not that's in in, in people understand why. That's not appeal to authority stuff. It's 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 understanding the reality of, of a situation, right? And realizing that Mark Arcabello is a quad A player who wanted to make a million dollars this year. Bye. Yeah. That's that's yep. that's the end. Yeah, and I mean, like, this isn't for for all I know anyway. That like another guy who you repeatedly heard 
Like, guys don't, teams don't want to take a chance on this guy, but all the underlying numbers said, oh, they absolutely should take a chance on this guy, is Alex Semin. Mm-hmm. Right? Alex Semin turns out like he's a great hockey player, but everybody hates him because he's a shithead. And that's right. why he doesn't work out on and NHL that, and teams. That, and that matters. That stuff matters. It does. Like, like, like whether your teammates hate you or not is a relevant thing to consider yeah. whenever, you sign, whenever you're signing a guy who's pretty good at hockey and, and wants like a, a certain amount. That's like, like whether whether like, he's despised in his own locker room is, 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 is a relevant thing to consider. That's allegedly part of the reason like Dougie Hamilton ended up being traded to Calgary was because he told the Bruins, I'm not going to sign with you because I don't like fit in with anybody in this dressing room. Everybody in that dressing room, with like a few notable exceptions, are guys in their like late 20s, early 30s, married with kids. And mm-hmm. he's like a 20-year-old, like rich guy, rich, good-looking kid, whatever, who wants to go have fun. And like even Brad Marchand isn't doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. So at some point, like he just, you know caught enough shit from the guys in the room or whatever that he didn't want to be involved in the in the process and he and he skipped town basically mm-hmm. and you know that sh- should have factored into the Bruins decision making process but like also you know on his level he was like I'm not going to keep doing this like the Bruins would have signed him probably despite right. his attitude problems or whatever the issue was I don't think it was probably attitude problems necessarily, but you understand what I mean. Yeah, it's a fit, like a philosophical. Sort yeah, of, like a fit issue. A, it was a fit thing. Yeah, so like that's, I get it on that on that level too. But yeah, there are, there are just always going to be guys one way or the other who the numbers don't support the way they're viewed necessarily. But like you have to consider. Uh, other options or yeah, like other sure. aspects of it. With that having been said, like, yeah, there are a bunch of dumbass GMs who, you know, the the heart, the Avalanche are going to trade Tyson Barry this year because they don't think he's as good as he actually is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just because they're they're a poorly run team. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Canucks just traded a bunch of stuff for Eric Branson. That's because they're a poorly run team. Like, that's not because they see something in them that like the nerds who just took over the Panthers see like Mm -hmm. they just, they're just not a smart team. So like, there's always going to be market inefficiencies and you have to kind of figure out why those exist. If they exist and exploit them. If you think that like the reason they exist is dumb, basically. (laughs) That was that was articulate. Thank you. But uh, we are out of questions, and we're pushing an hour, so I feel like that's a good amount of talk. I hope yeah. that answered that fellow's question. Because no, I mean that's and that's something that's question. something that that's something to think about in the future too. I, I I like I like the question a lot. But as always, you know, Ryan does not prepare me for any of this shit beforehand. So I, so I so we I got that question in the middle the of the of in the middle of the show. Oh, did we really? Yeah, we got it eighteen minutes ago. Oh yeah, there we go. So no, it, I don't know why. I, I, it doesn't matter. So this isn't my fault, buddy. Mm, we see. always ask for listener questions. I know. I, I love. I love listener questions, man. Yeah, they're good. I, Send I, I more wish, of them. I, I wish I had a little bit of a better answer for that, but you know, it's 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 always funny to to, to see. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, I mean, like you said, usually underlying numbers are a pretty good indicator of whether a guy is good. And, like, your opinion is going to reflect that. So, right. that's, how, that's how the game is 99.9% of the time. You know, if, if you have terrible under, underlying numbers, like, there's not bad. a lot. Yeah, yeah there's, 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 not, there's not a lot to save you. But, but you look at a guy, like, you know, just because, just because the, the Penguins and Sharks are still playing right now. Like, you look at a guy like Matt Cullen. I, I think, like, in a lot of ways, his, his raw possession numbers this year weren't great. But he scored a ton of goals. And uh, and and he and he was a good he was a good line mate for for you know some of those younger guys and I think you know this with the sort of stuff he brought to the table I, I think there's a little bit more there than 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 met the eye with him. With yeah. that having been said, though, like I don't give him money based on what he did this year. No, 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 definitely not. Like like you don't you don't bank on Matt Collins scoring 18 goals in the regular season yeah, again. It's never going to happen. But he, but he did. But he did. And I and I think you know I'm I'm loath to to put too much stock in in uh locker room ability and whatever but i i think i think he brought he brought something something there yeah 
Okay, well, that'll just about do it for this week's uh, show, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, we might have a new segment next week if Sean wants to participate. We're going to see, uh, but we're not going to spoil it. You're just going to have to... <laughs> You're just going to have to tune in to find out. You tune in, podcast. I, pr- I guess you don't. Yeah. Classic old person talk. Tune in, yeah. Turn your turn your sets to the Stick to Sports station. Where's uh, the clicker? <laughs> clicker. Oh, boy. All right. Okay. Well, have that's weekend, it for everybody. us. Uh, listen to the new Diarrhea Planet record before it comes <laughs> out. We, we we thought about talking about it, and then we were like, I don't really have a, a, enough thoughts other than it's good, listen to it's it. It's good. Yep. So it's good, listen to it, and that'll do it for us this week. Bye now. So long. <laughs>